The Bradford Exchange presents The Classic Radio Theater with your host, Carl Amari. Countdown for blast off. X minus one. Yes, it's Maxwell House Coffee Time, starring George Burns and Gracie Allen. Richard Diamond, private detective. The Johnson Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. Suspense. It's time once again for another comedy episode of Our Miss Brooks. Dragnet. We offer you escape. Kraft presents the Great Gildersleeve. Yeah. I'm that man. Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. Good evening, friends of the Inner Sanctum. The Jack Benny Program. Welcome, everyone, to episode 90 of the Classic Radio Theater. Each week, the Bradford Exchange and participating sponsors bring you three hours of the classic radio theater, featuring programming from the golden age of radio. Make sure to follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts to never miss an episode. This time, we'll hear two half-hour comedy episodes of the Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis show with special guests Marlena Dietrich and Rosemary Clooney from 1952. Stick around. We'll be right back. In 1949, NBC turned their eye toward Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis as a summer replacement for The Bob Hope Show. Dean and Jerry were popular nightclub performers with sold-out crowds everywhere they played. NBC offered them Bob Hope's vacated time slot and committed to one of the biggest build-ups ever given to a pair of newcomers to radio comedy. Dean and Jerry didn't disappoint and proved that they could dish out their distinctive brand of zanyism over the airwaves in a big way. The Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis show was more than just Martin's golden voice and Lewis's kidding on the square. The network insisted on a weekly celebrity guest, which included Dick Powell, Henry Fonda, Bing Crosby, John Garfield, Vincent Price, Jane Russell, and even Bob Hope himself. The weekly budget was a pricey $10,000, but after a short while, the series attracted a sponsor, and executives at NBC patted themselves on the back for establishing a hit show that also became a financial success. With that kind of budget, NBC could afford Norman Lear, the comedy genius, later responsible for All in the Family and Sanford and Son as a writer. The success of the radio series led to Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis also appearing as monthly hosts for NBC's Colgate Comedy Hour, a highly rated television show. NBC used the television program to cross-promote the radio program, even recycling some of the radio sketches for the television counterpart. Film producer Hal Wallace jumped on the Martin and Lewis bandwagon, signing the boys to a multi-picture film contract. Their film comedies were box office gold, catapulting them to mega stardom. With meteoric success on radio, TV, and films, Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis proved they were masters of all three commercial media. Time now for the first of two comedy episodes of the Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis show. In this first one, Dean and Jerry welcome their special guest, Marlena Dietrich. Here's the Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis show from March 21st, 1952. Transcribed. Ladies and gentlemen, from Hollywood, we present the Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis Show. <laughs> Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis are brought to you by Chesterfield. Chesterfields are much milder with an extraordinarily good taste and no unpleasant aftertaste. By Anison for fast relief from pain of headache, neuritis, and neuralgia. By Dentine, the gum with breathtaking flavor. And by Beeman's Pepsin, the gum that's great to chew and good for your digestion, too. And now it gives me great pleasure to introduce our master of ceremonies, Dean Martin. Well, hi, folks. Thank you. Thank you very, very much. Well, it's Friday again. We've just returned from a month of personal appearances. Yes, sir, we made a lot of friends in such wonderful cities as San Francisco... Minneapolis, Cincinnati, Boston, and New York. So let's start the festivities with a song, When You're Smiling. 
you're smiling When you are smiling Why the whole world smiles with you When you're laughing Oh, when you're laughing The sun comes shining through But when you're crying You bring on the rain So stop you sighing Be happy again Keep on smiling Cause when you're smiling The whole world smiles With you After a month on the road, how, how's it feel to be back in Hollywood? I'm glad you asked me that, Dean. I'm gonna tell you, too. When I got off that train in Los Angeles, I was really feeling good. I hopped off in the best of spirits, tipped the porter with a big smile, walked through the depot happy as a lark, strode through the big main entrance, took one look outside and said, Ah, uh... <laughs> uh, Jay, don't tell me you're gonna stand there and say we had rain in California. What? Me say that it rained in California? <laughs> Don't be silly. It never rains in California. That's better. Sure, my kid always goes to school with a flock of salmon. <laughs> a flock of salmon? Jerry, now this conversation is really getting insipid. Oh, I don't know. It sounds sipid enough to me. <laughs> Look, Jerry, will you take a word of advice from someone who loves you? Sure. What is it, Ma? <laughs> Jerry, I'm not your mother. Your mother's a woman. Good heavens, so that's why Dad married her. <laughs> All right, very funny, Jerry. Really, you, you fracture me. No, you fracture me. I just joined the Blue Shield. <laughs> ah, what's the use? I can't take much more of this. One of these days, I'll have to leave you and take a holiday. All righty. Which holiday would you like? Christmas, New Year's, or Judy? Jerry! <laughs> Judy is not the kind of a holiday I want. You don't feel good, Booby? Ah, <laughs> oh, forget it, Jerry. You won your point. Let's face it, buddy. I always win my point. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, yeah? Yeah, Lib, I don't know where I am. <laughs> Well, I know where I am. I'm just about to introduce our first guest. And what grand surprise have you in store for us tonight? Pray tell me, won't you? 
Well, tonight we are being blessed with a visit from Dr. Ludwig von Krevis, the noted tree surgeon. He's the most famous tree doctor in the world. Dean, I hate so to disappoint you, but Dr. von Krevis won't be here. He broke his leg. Oh, that's too bad. How'd it happen? He fell out of a patient. <laughs> What do we do? Simple. Just introduce me as the doctor and your tree troubles are all over. All righty. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my pleasure and privilege to introduce the world's leading authority, <laughs> leading authority on tree health, the world-renowned tree surgeon, Dr. Ludwig von Krevis. Good evening, Dr. von Krevis. As a tree surgeon, I know you must have some unusual experiences. Tell us, have you ever been in danger? Right. Once. Once I was up... <laughs> was up in a tree with my saw and a big bee stung me on the hand. Did you put anything on it? No, it flew away too fast. <laughs> but uh, while you were up there, did, did you did you saw anything? <laughs> ah, what could I saw on the second floor? They had the shade pulled down. <laughs> Doctor, uh... Will you, uh, will you tell us about the famous operation you performed on the, uh, that giant elm tree? Certainly. Hoist, undercut. Hoist? Hoist? In the beginning, I made an undercut on top of the tree, then I made a top cut at the bottom of the tree. This allowed the sap to circulate freely. <laughs> then I stripped off all the bark, exposed the cambrium, and made a quick incision with my scalpel, and then chopped, turned, sort, and spliced. My job was done. Well, good heavens, uh, what was wrong? Nothing, I was barking up the wrong tree. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, tell me, doctor, have you, uh, have you ever done any grafting? Well, once I ran for mayor in Scranton... No, 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 doctor. I mean, have you ever conducted any big experiments? Oh, surely, surely. I was the first to cross a California redwood with a New Hampshire maple. <laughs> and what did you get? Splinters. Splinters. <laughs> Maybe you can help me, doctor. The pine tree in front of my house is full of little yellow blisters. Mm. <laughs> oh, that's nothing. Yesterday I saw a tree and it was complaining because its peaches were too soft. Oh, that can't be, can't be serious. The peaches were probably overripe. Ah, but the problem wasn't that simple. Why not? This was an apple tree. Apple tree. <laughs> you know, our time is running short, Doctor. Before you go, would you care to make any statement as to the general health of trees in this country? Certainly. I would say that most of our trees is pretty sick kids. And the situation is getting worse. I suppose you could say that the trees are going to the dogs? No, but you could say the dogs are going to the trees. <laughs> The mask is off. The mask is off in cigarette advertising. Chesterfield is first to name all of its ingredients, and here they are. The right combination of the world's best tobaccos, pre-tested by laboratory instruments for the most desirable smoking qualities. And Chesterfield keeps these tobaccos tasty and fresh with tried and tested moistening agents. Pure natural sugars, chemically pure, harmless, far more costly glycerol, nothing else. Only these are entirely safe for use in the mouth, as proved by over 40 years of continuous use in tobacco products. And remember this, Chesterfields are wrapped in pure white cigarette paper, the best that money can buy. Now, we name our ingredients because we think every smoker ought to know what makes Chesterfield the best possible smoke, what makes Chesterfield much milder, with an extraordinarily good taste and no unpleasant aftertaste. Visit your dealer and sound off for Chesterfield. Do it today. Well, the most popular songs express pretty definite sentiments, ladies and gentlemen. They usually say, I love you or I hate you. They all seem to get right to the point. Well, the number I'm going to sing right now falls out of the regular category and heads right into the middle of the road. Richard, a little maybe music. Maybe 
think of me when you are all alone. Maybe the one who is waiting, waiting for you will prove untrue. Then what will you do? Ah, maybe you sit inside. Wishing that I were near Then maybe you'll ask me To come back home again And maybe I'll say maybe Come back home again And maybe I'll say maybe Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen Well, if you'll excuse me for a minute I'll go out and fetch our most fetching guest who will be with us right after Jimmy Wallington has this to say. Thank you, Dean. Ladies and gentlemen, here is something you should know if you ever suffer from the sudden pain of headaches, neuritis, or neuralgia. It's a way to ease the pain, often within a few minutes. A way that is incredibly fast and effective. It's Anison. Anison is like a doctor's prescription. That is, Anison contains not just one but a combination of medically proven active ingredients in easy-to-take tablet form. Thousands of people were first introduced to Anison through their own physicians or dentists. But today, these tablets are in such widespread use that all drug counters have them, and anyone may enjoy their benefits. The next time you suffer from the pains of a headache, neuritis, or neuralgia, by all means, try Anison. You'll like the convenience of Anison tablets, and you'll be delighted with Anison's incredibly fast action. A-N-A-C-I-N. Anison. Ask for Anison by name today at your druggist's. Ladies and gentlemen, our guest tonight is one of the real great treats in our current series. She is easily one of the most beautiful, glamorous, and famous actresses of our time. And it's really a thrill to welcome her here now. So here she is, your favorite and ours, the one and only Marlena Dietrich, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, everybody. Hello, Dean. Thank you, Dean, for the very flattering introduction. It's my pleasure, Marlena. And now I suppose you must be anxious to meet uh, my partner, Jerry? Not necessarily, Dean. I saw him in the hallway before the show. <laughs> he was chasing a girl. Well, that's nothing. Lots of fellows chase girls. With a slingshot? <laughs> but hark, here comes young Romeo now. Hey, Dean, after your next song, can I... Good heavens, you went and had your legs remodeled. Jerry, you're looking at the most beautiful legs in the world. And they don't belong to me. Don't be sad, Booby. You still have a pretty face. Well, Marlena, this is Jerry. Are there any questions? Yes. At what age did they cut off his tail? Sounds like Humphrey Bogart with a sore throat. <laughs> Jerry, this happens to be Marlena Dietrich. You've seen her in pictures. She usually plays a siren. Siren? Sounds more like a foghorn. <laughs> Look who's talking. He sounds like Andy Devine having a nightmare. Now, you see, Jerry, you, you've made her angry. Now, I want you to behave like a real gentleman. After all, this is Marlene Dietrich. She's Marlene... Well, if she's Marlene Dietrich, I'm Johnny Ray. <laughs> well, 
You better show him, Marlene. See what the boys Well, what do you say, Jerry? If you're sweet, mustn't mind Jerry, Marlene. His mind wanders. Well, don't worry about it. How far can it go? Yeah. <laughs> hey, that, that, that's pretty good, Marlene. No kidding. I mean, you're really a serious actress and you play all those serious parts, but this time you get on our show and you insult me and, and the whole audience laughs. It, it's really terrific. I mean, from a legitimate actress and she makes a joke and... <laughs> Dean, we couldn't get Gloria Swanson. <laughs> Well, if that's the way you feel, I might just as well leave right now. Oh, no, no, please don't leave. I was only kidding, Marlene, honest. I didn't mean any harm. Why do I hurt people this way? I'm just no good, that's all. Mistakes, mistakes, that's all I think. That there, there, don't be sad. Oh, I'm so unworthy of everybody. Why, why, why must I be so difficult? I'm so young and terrified. <laughs> Dean, this boy is too much for me. I just don't know how to handle him. It's easy, baby. Just pick me up and hold me tight. That's all. <laughs> Please, Jerry, I'm afraid you have a lot to learn about the opposite sex. Oh, yeah? Yes. Is that so? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you just ask the other girls about me. Ask Rita Hayworth. Ask Janet Lee. Ask Selma Kransfarb. Who's Selma Kransfarb? She was my childhood sweetheart. But I learned her secret when they cut off her curls. What was her secret? She was really Sidney Kransfarb. <laughs> Jerry, I don't think Marlene is at all... Amused by your ridiculous talk. Oh, I'm having a wonderful time, Dean. You know, Marlene, someday I'd like to visit your program, Cafe Istanbul. I heard it last week, and it's really terrific. Say, why don't we bring a touch of Marlene's program to our show right now? That should be fun. I'd like to see you, too, in one of those mysteries of the Near East. Well, why wait? The new way here we go. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen... At this time, we are proud to bring you a drama filled with foreign intrigue and breathtaking suspense. Tonight's thrilling episode is fittingly called Café Turkestan. Our scene is the notorious Café Turkestan, the most fabulous night spot of the Middle East. It is here that we meet the characters in our play. There. Out of her dressing room steps the exotic dancer, Michelle. I am the dancer, Michelle. Out of the black night steps the American, Rick Martin. I am the American, Rick Martin. <laughs> and out of the kitchen steps the waiter, Harold. I am the waiter. <laughs> I am Harold. <laughs> hey, how about some service over here? Let me speak to the owner. What seems to be the trouble here? Oh, it's you. Hello, Ricky. Hello, baby. <laughs> Long time no see there. Long time no dance. Long time no embrace. Long time no kiss. Long time no have something to say. <laughs> Michelle, I've been here 20 minutes and this waiter still hasn't taken my order. Be patient, Ricky. Remember, he's only got two heads. You know, Ricky <laughs> You know, Ricky, there's something suspicious about this waiter Yeah, he has a strange and shifty look I think he's a spy What makes you think that I'm a spy? You just swallowed a piece of paper There's a map sticking out of your pocket <laughs> You have a bomb in your hand <laughs> You're wearing three medals from a foreign government, and I recognize you from a picture in the paper. Yeah, but what makes you think I'm a spy? <laughs> hey, now I remember him. He's that international spy, Mata Jerry. This is Mata Jerry? 
He doesn't look like much of a spy to me. Oh, yeah? Well, for your information, I happen to be pretty experienced in cloak and Dagmar. You're experienced in cloak and dagger, not Dagmar. Look, buddy, do I tell you where to get your experience? No. <laughs> Come on, Martha Jerry. Tell us your mission, or you will regret it. I'll never tell. You can break every wheel in my body. You can put lighted matches under my cigarettes. You can pull out my toenails, all 12 of them. But I can tell you, do you hear? I can never tell you. Why, you fool? Why can't you tell us your mission? I forgot what it was. Ah, <laughs> uh, I know what I'll do. I'll search him. Don't you dare lay a hand on me. Why not? I'm tickly. Oh. It's no use, Ricky. He must be the penalty of spies. You mean... Yes, he must be eliminated. All right, Mata Jerry, I'm going to put my arms around your neck and crush and crush and crush. Do you have any last requests? You're going to put your arms around my neck and crush and crush and crush, and you want to know if I have any last requests? That's right. I sure have. What is it? Let her do it. All right. <laughs> Well, as the oriental sun sets in Turkestan, it rises again in Hollywood to shine on Jimmy Wallington. Thank you, Dean. And now here's something of interest to everybody. For breathless moments, for your breathless moments... Chew dentine, the gum with... <gasps> breathtaking flavor. Dentine tastes so good. Dentine freshens your breath. Dentine helps keep your teeth sparkling clean and white. Dentine, the gum with <gasps> breathtaking flavor. Before you go out and always after eating, drinking, smoking, refresh your breath with Dentine. You'll love Dentine chewing gum, for Dentine has a wonderful tingling, nippy flavor that lingers on and on. It's delicious. And remember, dentine helps keep your teeth white, too. Keep dentine handy. You'll enjoy refreshing your breath when you chew dentine. So, for breathless moments, for your breathless moments... Chew dentine. The gum with... <gasps> breathtaking flavor. Well, I guess everyone remembers their first date. Mine was with a cute little freshman at a high school dance, and I was mighty proud to be sitting across the table from the prettiest girl in the crowd. Well, it was kind of a good and a bad experience for me, because even if I did have the best-looking girl, I couldn't enjoy dancing with her. You see, at that time, I still hadn't learned to dance, so we just sat there holding hands across the table. I don't even remember her name, but if she happens to be listening, she might enjoy... Hands across the table While the lights are low Though you have your lips Your fingertips Tell me all I want to know Hands across the table Meet so tenderly And they say In their little way That you Belong 
breathing. You certainly sang that song pretty. Jerry, the word is prettily. I certainly sang that song prettily. How can one man be so modest? <laughs> Speaking of modesty, boys, I understand you just finished a marvelous television program for the Heart Fund. Well, we, we served the 16 and a half hour stretch in New York and loved every minute of it. That must have been quite a show. Oh, not really, Marlena, because we had a lot of wonderful people to help us make it a success. And speaking of wonderful people, Marlena, maybe, maybe uh, you're interested to know that there was one gal named Maria Riva who stuck with us for the whole show and did a tremendous job. Do you know Maria, Marlena? You might say she is related by marriage. You mean like a cousin or something? No, <laughs> like a daughter or nothing. <laughs> Gee, imagine two such beautiful women in one family. Why, thank you, Jerry. And thank you, Dean. I really enjoyed myself tonight. Well, thank, thank you, you Marlena. Marlena. Yeah, we've had beautiful people on this program before, but... Wow! <laughs> Good night, boys. Good night, Good night Marlena. Marlena. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Marlena just mentioned our telethon for the Heart Fund, and the wonderful contributions from the people in the New York area made it a great success. We would like to commend the Heart Fund for doing a very wonderful thing, knowing that the Muscular Dystrophy Association is a charity that is close to our hearts, very graciously offered MDA a percentage of all the monies raised, a beautiful gesture that will go far in giving hope to the sufferers of this dread disease. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, funds are needed desperately to help our scientists find a cure, so please give all you can. Send your contributions to MDA, New York 8, New York. That's MDA, New York 8, New York. Thank you. Well, folks, till next week, this is Dean Martin. And Jerry Lewis reminding you that our new picture, Sailor Beware, can now be seen at your local theater. We hope you'll go see it. Good night, everybody. Good night, everyone. Hollywood, you just heard transcribed the Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis show, written by Ed Simmons and Norman Lear, produced and directed by Dick Mack, with music under the direction of Dick Stabile, and brought to you by Chesterfield. Remember, Chesterfields are much milder, with an extraordinarily good taste, and from reports of a well-known research organization, Chesterfields leave no unpleasant aftertaste. By Anison, for fast relief from pain of headache, neuritis, and neuralgia. By Dentine, the gum with breathtaking flavor. And by Beam and Pepsin, the gum that's great to chew and good for your digestion, too. Hear Phil Harris and Alice Fay at a new time, 7 o'clock Sunday on NBC. That's the Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis Show from March 21st, 1952, with special guest Marlena Dietrich, as heard over NBC. All of the classic radio shows we present on this series are direct from the master recordings. I have more than 100,000 original radio episodes under license from the owners and estates, and we make them available via digital download or on CD through our Classic Radio Club. By joining the Classic Radio Club, you'll receive 10 superior-sounding classic radio shows sent directly to you each month along with detailed liner notes and photos of the stars. You'll receive your first 10 classic radio episodes for only $1, and you can cancel at any time. To learn more about the Classic Radio Club, log on to ClassicRadioClub.com. That's ClassicRadioClub.com. Make sure to follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts to never miss an episode. I'll have another comedy episode of the Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis show, this one with special guest Rosemary Clooney, after this short break. Welcome back to the Classic Radio Theater. I'm your host, Carl Amari. This time, Dean and Jerry welcome their special guest, singing star Rosemary Clooney. Here's the Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis show from March 16th, 1952. Jerry! Hey, Jerry, you got a cigarette? Have I got a cigarette? <laughs> 
Dean, I've got these cigarettes. You mean Chesterfield? I mean Chesterfield. I'm with you. Which means that Chesterfield, the first cigarette in America to give you premium quality in both regular and king size, brings you the Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis Show. Gentlemen, it is my pleasure to bring you our Master of Ceremonies, Dean Martin. Well, hi, folks. Thank you. Now, let's all settle back and light up a Chesterfield, because here comes the first show in our current tour of the Killicycles. My undernourished partner will be around shortly to commit his own special brand of mayhem later on. So while we're waiting for bullet heads, supposing we kick off the festivities with a little harmony grit. So let's go, Dickus to Beal. Give me some harmony grits And some red sugar cured ham Give me a great big bowl of gravy I'd be such a happy man If I could see magnolias And azaleas in bloom Well, let me up to the table me lots of elbow room then pass me that mammy fried hoe cake and some good old black eyed peas give me a hay rack full of biscuits well make my coffee black if you please if you feed me holla dixie in the style so grand You'll have yourself a happy man Sorghum molasses You'll have yourself a happy man Now give me some of them harmony grits, boy Well shut my mouth and a great big slab of that red sugar-cured ham and about a half a gallon of this good old thickening gravy. Hun, brother, you're gonna find yourself a mighty happy man. Well, it seems when you eat stuff like that, you can see the magnolias and them honeysuckles. You know when there's in bloom. Ah, set me down, set me down to that table, boy. Scoot on over and give me lots of elbow room. Then pass me that. Mammy fried hoe And some good old black-eyed peas Give me a hay rack full of hot biscuits Make my coffee black if you please Well, if you feed me all the Dixie In a style oh so grand You'll have yourself a happy man Sorghum Lazarus You'll have yourself A happy man Set me down, set me down Thank you Thank you Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen Now that the ice is broken, I'd like Hey, Dean, hey, Dean well, if it isn't Jerry Lewis. Well, what are you so excited about, Jerry? Hey, Dean, it's Marilyn Monroe. It's Marilyn Monroe. All right, easy, Jerry. Take it easy. Marilyn Monroe has nothing to do with this show. So what? She has nothing to do with the month of September either, but that don't mean I should throw away my calendar. <laughs> LAUGHTER 
I'll tell you what, Jerry. If you're a good boy, I'll see that you get to meet her one of these days. Nah, it wouldn't do any good. She doesn't even know I'm alive. <laughs> Who does? <laughs> oh, yeah? Well, then you've insulted me. And after all the promises you made about how you're going to treat me with dignity and respect this year, and now you're starting right off with all those nasty remarks. My little heart is breaking. I come out here like a little elf and... Right away you start thinking on me. Oh, I don't Jerry, know. Why. Jerry, no, Jerry, don't. Oh no, Jerry. Oh, don't cry, Jerry. I didn't mean to hurt you. I, I, I love you, Jerry. You know that. Oh, come on. Stop crying. Now, that's better. I promise I'll never be nasty to you again. I changed my mind. You can be nasty sometimes. <laughs> but why? What made you change your mind? I like it when we make up. Oh. Jim? You know, since, uh, since this is the start of a new season, it might be a good idea for you to meet some of the people on the show. First of all, there's our announcer, George Fenneman. Feminine? The announcer is a girl. Who said the announcer is a girl? You did. You said the announcer was feminine. I didn't say feminine. I said Fenneman. Fenneman is not the same as feminine. A girl is feminine, but... Fenneman is not a girl. Are you feeling all right, Booby? Maybe I better introduce you two and you can see for yourself. George? Uh, yes, George, I'd like you to meet Jerry Lewis. Jerry, this is our announcer. Hiya, baby. Excuse me, Dean, but I don't get this conversation. What is this all about? Oh, nothing important. George, Jerry got mixed up between feminine and feminine, and up to now, he thought you were a girl. Well, I guess anybody can make a mistake. Up to now, I thought he was human. Oh. <laughs> hey, that was pretty good, George. <laughs> You're supposed to be the announcer on the show, and right away you say funnies, and, and you get laughs. <laughs> yes, sirree, Bob. This <laughs> is going to be a real happy Jim Dandy Association. You're all righty in my book, George. <laughs> Dean, we couldn't get Harry Von Zell. I don't mind him. Now, you cheer up, George. George, uh, you, you'll get used to Jerry in time. Hey, Fenneman, what are you supposed to do around here anyhow? Well, Jerry, I'm here to extol the many virtues of Chesterfield cigarettes. You smoke Chesterfields, don't you, Jerry? Oh, sure. I'm a Chesterfield smoker from way back. In fact, I used to be a chain smoker, but I stopped. Well, how come? I choked on a link. <laughs> You know, <laughs> Oh, I don't even know why I bothered to listen to your nonsense. Simple. I listened to your song. <laughs> Jerry! <laughs> Jerry! Let's change the subject. What'd you do all summer? Oh, I had a great time. I went scout shooting. <laughs> no, I... You went skeet shooting. Skeets, skeets, those little, those little round discs. No, scouts, those little round boys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jerry, don't tell me you were shooting boy scouts. Sure, but it was self-defense. I caught them trying to start a fire by rubbing two sticks together. Oh, well, 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 what's wrong with that? The sticks were my legs. Oh. <laughs> Say, would you like to hear what I did this summer? If I say no, the whole body bleeds. <laughs> Jerry, I fulfilled a lifelong ambition. I did something I never believed possible. You bought a Perry Como record. Ah, shut up. <laughs> no, I uh, visited my hometown of Steubenville, Ohio, and while I was there, I got the greatest thrill of my life. There in front of the house where I was born was a little plaque that said, Dean Martin was born here. Big deal. I visited Newark, New Jersey, where I was born and got the same deal. Only instead of a tiny little plaque, you should see the huge sign they put up. What'd it say? No dumping allowed. Oh! <laughs> Chesterfield is the first and only cigarette to tell you what it's made of. Yes, Chesterfield names all its ingredients so you'll know what gives you the best possible smoke. The world's best tobaccos, pre-tested by laboratory instruments for the most desirable smoking qualities, pure, costly moistening agents, costly glycerol, and pure sugars, which are natural to tobacco, 
and cigarette paper of the highest purity, the best that money can buy. That's what's in your Chesterfield. Ingredients that give you the best possible smoke. Much milder, with an extraordinarily good taste, and as confirmed by a well-known research organization, no unpleasant aftertaste. So sound off for Chesterfield. Either way you like them, regular or king size, Chesterfield gives you the best possible smoke. For our first guest of the new season, Jerry and I really wanted to invite someone special. Well, sir, who could be more special than one of the country's newest and most exciting stars? She's got a million-dollar voice, million-dollar personality, and a million-dollar future. So here she is, the very richly talented Rosemary Clooney. Well, Rosemary, it's a real pleasure to have you with us tonight. I've been looking forward to it, Dean. Hey, Dean! Dean, have you seen my... Good heavens! It's a female of the opposite sex. <laughs> Jerry, this is Rosemary. Rosemary, I thought so! It's my old kindergarten chum, Rosemary Fosnot. Jerry, I'm not... Hey, Rosie, remember the time I dropped my knife on your foot and we spent two hours looking for your big toe? <laughs> Look, I, I hate to spoil your fun, Jerry, but it just so happens that I am not Rosemary Fosnock. You can't fool me, Rosie. I know a Fosnock when I see one. <laughs> Jerry, the girl tells you you're wrong, and yet you insist she's Rosemary Fosnock. Don't take my word for it. Count her toes. <laughs> Tell me, Dean, was this uh, kid born or trapped? Oh, don't take him too seriously, Rosemary Basically, Jerry has a very good heart Prove it to me Take it out <laughs> See, Jer? You see, Jer? Rosemary's name is not Fosnock It's Clooney Clooney? Sounds like an Irish railroad car <laughs> Jerry, this is Rosemary Clooney, the singer So that's who it is Look, Jerry, I must have sang Come Out of My House 40,000 times and you were the only person who actually came over. Can I help it if I like pomegranate? <laughs> Jerry, with a beautiful, luscious young girl like Rosemary Clooney, don't tell me you went looking for pomegranates. Nah, I was just kidding. With a gorgeous dish like Rosemary, with those ruby red lips, with that face and that figure. And you thought I was interested in pomegranates. <laughs> were you? It was the figs and pears. Oh. <laughs> Don't you pay any attention to him, Rosemary. I think I understood to come on to my house, and it was a great song. Thank you, Dean. You seem to know quite a bit about music. Well, I majored in music at college. College? <laughs> in grammar school, he couldn't pass manual training. <laughs> yes, Rosemary, music is my life. And manual training was the dumbest kid in school. <laughs> Jerry, you're behaving like a jealous child. Me jealous? That's ridiculous. Ha ha. Why, I know more about music than he'll ever know. He never wrote a song in his life. Now, Jerry, don't stand there and tell us that you ever wrote a song. Are you kidding? You never heard the song I wrote about the cowgirl who died? What's the name of it? It's called, Goodbye, Dirty Gertie, I Ain't Gonna Cry, Cause I'll Be Seeing You, Dirty Gertie, at that washroom in the sky. <laughs> You should hear my latest hit Pass the sterno, baby And I'll give you a kiss of fire <laughs> Jerry, now what's wrong with that? That one, I'll have you know Was recorded by Artie Shaw And his all-wife orchestra <laughs> You know, Dean I don't know what this kid has But I hope it isn't catching Oh, don't worry about that, Rosemary Don't you worry about that at all I, Look, since we've been talking about songs This might be a real good time For you to come up with one of your own Okay if Dix DeBeal will oblige with a botchamy beat, I'll botchamy very best. Well, good enough. Folks, with the aid of Richard Stabile and his Italian-Swiss colony blue blowers, <laughs> Rosemary Clooney sings, Botchamy! Botchamy, I botcha you, and everything goes crazy. Ba, ba, botchamy, my baby, ba, ba, bo, bo, 
just say yes and maybe for you Kiss me and I'm a kiss of you Tra la 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 Ba, 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 me bambino, ba, ba, bo Bo, bo, capicolino, e for you Squeeze me and I'm a squeeze of you Tra la 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 Bacha me, I bacha you, and everything goes crazy. Ba, ba, bacha me, my baby, ba, ba, bo, bo. Just say yes and maybe, and then we will raise a great big family. Tra la 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 la. Bacha me, I bacha you, and everything goes crazy. Ba, ba, bacha me, my baby, ba, ba, bo, bo. Just say yes and maybe and then we will raise a great big family Tra la 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 Be you by oh be you boo Won't you bacha bacha me kissing me Be you by oh be you boo When you bacha me I bacha you Come on are you kissing me Ba ba bacha me bambino ba ba bo Bo Boca Picolino And then we will raise a great big family Be you by oh be you boo Tra la 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 lee Bacha me bambino bacha me That's nice Ah, real wonderful job, Rosemary Real wonderful And now Let's all get into grease paint for our next super production as George Fannerman sets the scene. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm sure that most of you have seen that fabulous motion picture, The Greatest Show on Earth. However, for those of you who may have failed to see it, our thoughtful stars have prepared their own version of this stirring drama about life under the big top. Chesterfield Cigarettes are proud to present Dean Martin, Jerry Lewis, and Rosemary Clooney in... The greatest schmo on earth. <laughs> we have all thrilled to the high-pitched excitement of the circus with its color and glamour, its thrills and chills. But what of the people that make up the circus? How do they live? What do they think? For instance, what does the lion tamer think as he faces those fierce and hungry beasts? Oh, I'm so thrilled. What does the colorful bareback rider think as she rides around the ring on her beautiful white horse? Oh, I'm so excited. What does the courageous acrobat think as he performs his death-defying feats high above the heads of the crowd? Oh, I'm so nauseous. Yes, let us visit the circus and learn the true story. As our scene opens, we find the manager of the circus, John Ringling South. He is talking to Henny, the beautiful bareback queen. Henny, we're in trouble. We've just lost our biggest attraction. You don't mean the great bird wheel. I do mean the great bird wheel. Oh, John, we've <laughs> lost the only man in the world who could dive 2,000 feet into a wet noodle. <laughs> What did he die of? He died of adenoids. Adenoids? That's not the half of it. They weren't even his. Oh, that's terrible. What will you do? How can we open tonight? Excuse me, I understand you are looking for a new death-defying attraction. Yes, but how did you know? I was standing right outside following the script. <laughs> Maybe he's got something, John. Uh, tell me, kid, have you ever been in a circus before? Sure, I was with a circus all last year. What did you do? I was a midget. But you're six feet tall. How could you be a midget? I lied about my height. <laughs> so uh, you uh, know a lot about the circus, huh? Oh, sure. My family were all circus people. In fact, my mother was a bearded lady. She was? Oh, I'll never forget that first time I saw my mother <laughs> with a beard. I looked at her tenderly and said, Gee, Mom, you're Dad. 
Look, kid, the circus is a hard, tough life. You look too frail. I don't think you'll like it. Oh, yes, I will. I loved it the last time. Why, every morning I used to get up at the crack of dawn and leap to the task. First, I'd walk into the lion's cage, then the zebra's cage, then the tiger's cage, and when I was all through, I'd look back at a job well done, take a deep breath and say, uh, uh. Kid, listen to me, kid, listen to me. I've decided to give you the chance of a lifetime. You're going to be the star of the show. Will you do it? Anything. I'll do anything. Just tell me. What do I have to do? Dive 2,000 feet into a wet noodle. Oh, boy, that's a... Into a wet noodle? <laughs> Come on, this is no time to go soft. It's your big chance. But I... They're waiting for you under the big top. Just tell them you're the new great bird wheel. Go on, Herbie. Well, there he goes. He's climbing up the ladder. He's climbing... Higher, higher. He's way up there. He's bracing himself. He's getting ready to jump. And there he goes. <laughs> oh, poor Herbie. Look at him. He broke two legs, one arm, four ribs, and the whole head is cracked. <laughs> Speak, Herbie. Say something. All right, now, which one of you moved the noodle? <laughs> you king-size smokers will want to hear what the nation's press has had to say about king-size Chesterfields. New York Herald Tribune. King-size Chesterfield is a sellout. Extra supplies of Chesterfields rush to dealers here. And Time magazine, in its own inimitable style, said, The Big Chesty, without making any visible dent in the sales of the shorter brother, quickly raised king-size sales. Dealers could scarcely keep up with the demand. Yes, those are actual quotes from news publications. And from all over the country, we're getting reports from dealers telling us no product they ever handled has grown so fast in so short a time as king-size Chesterfields. That's because Chesterfield is first to give you premium quality in both regular and king-size. King-size Chesterfield is exactly the same as regular Chesterfield, except it's larger. Contains so much more of the same tobacco, it gives you a 21% longer smoke, yet costs very little more. And the tobacco in king-size Chesterfield is of better quality and higher price than the tobacco in any other king-size cigarette. Sound off for Chesterfield. Either way you like them, regular or king-size, Chesterfield gives you the best possible smoke. Well, a funny thing about songs, ladies and gentlemen, you sing a number while it remains popular, and when it falls out of favor, it goes right into the limbo of forgotten melodies. But the guy who sings it never really forgets it. Which brings us around to a song that I pulled out of the file the other day and found just as good as new. Once in a while Will you try to give one little thought to me Though someone else If love 
still can remember that spark may burn again. How does it feel to be at the end of your first radio show of the season? Rosemary, radio is always fun when we have nice people to work with, and we couldn't have made a better choice for our first show. Yeah, well, I wish this was a television show. Why? So everyone could see how adorable you are. Why, Jerry, this is a side of you I've never seen. That's one of the nicest things anyone's ever said to me. How can I thank you? What can I do? Hey, Dean, is the next line crossed out in your script, too? Yeah. <laughs> Rosemary, you've been a wonderful guest, and uh, thanks for joining us. That goes double for me, Rosemary, and we'll see you on our television show September the 21st. Thank you, Dean and Jerry. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night, Rosie. (laughs) This about winds up our first session under the Chesterfield banner. And we hope you'll be with us next week, folks, and we also hope you'll give our cigarettes a try. You'll be doing us a personal favor because Chesterfield makes it possible for us to bring you these shows. More important than that, Jerry, you folks will be doing yourselves a favor because either way you like them, regular or king size, Chesterfield gives you the best possible smoke. And I want to tell you all this. We wouldn't be selling Chesterfields, Dean and I, unless we smoked them ourselves. Try them today. Well, until next week, this is Dean Martin. And Jerry Lewis reminding you that our latest picture, Jumping Jacks, is now playing at your local theaters. We hope you'll go see it. Good night. Good night, everybody. From Hollywood, you've just heard transcribe the Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis Show, written by Ed Simmons and Norman Lear, produced and directed by Dick Mack, with music prepared and conducted by Dick Stabile. This is George Benham inviting all of you to join us next week at the same time when all of us again sound off for Chesterfield. the Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis show with special guest Rosemary Clooney from September 16th, 1952 is heard over NBC. Stick around. I'll give you our lineup for episode 91 of the classic radio theater after this short break.
Next time on episode 91 of the Classic Radio Theater brought to you by the Bradford Exchange, we'll hear two detective episodes of Sherlock Holmes, so don't miss it. To reach me and to learn more about the Classic Radio Club, visit ClassicRadioClub.com. Be sure to tune in to our next show and make sure to follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts to never miss an episode. Thanks for listening.